Hey, is this thing on? Welcome to Maddox on the Mic, a legal podcast presented by Maddox, an independent Australian law firm. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Maddox on the Mic. Uh, I'm Amelia Hunter, and we're back for another episode of our day one podcast for law students. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by Declan Peacock. Hello, Declan. Hello, Amelia. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be back again. It is nice to be back. Uh, and today we've got a, an interesting episode for you all. Declan, do you want to tell us a bit about what we're going to talk about today? Yes, we're talking privacy today and we're joined by Sonia Sharma, a partner in our commercial team in our Sydney office. Uh, so Sonia's got quite a wide range of experience advising on technology uh, cyber matters, telecommunication and general commercial work as well. But her expertise definitely is in, in cyber and data resilience advice, which I'll be honest, I know very little about and I'm in over my head already. So I will throw to you, Sonia, welcome to the podcast. Hello. And if you could tell us a little bit about your work and, and what it involves, we're very interested to hear. Thanks, Declan and Amelia. It's so great to be here. Um, yeah, I am a technology lawyer, but I really do specialise in privacy and cyber uh, and I work with a lot of big name brand clients and uh, ASX listed entities but it's a really broad practice of helping clients on data breaches, conducting privacy impact assessments before they you know, launch a new product uh, and really helping to establish those governance frameworks around privacy and cyber so that clients can really be attuned to being proactive around addressing these issues rather than reactive. But it's such an interesting space because, you know, technology and data is constantly changing. So I am so excited to be talking to you both about it today. As a start, my knowledge of this is is essentially the idea of a person in a hoodie sitting in a dark room in a movie, like in the movies, <laughs> hacking yeah. into someone's network. Is, yeah. is it is is that what it's like? And is it a, is it actually a big, how big of an issue is cybersecurity for for our, our clients? Is it something that is really prevalent and really dangerous or is it the hacker in the hoodie sitting in a dark room like I, I have in my head? <laughs> I love that question, Jacqueline. What a great place to start. First of all, cybercrime is like it's so sophisticated. It is, it is not like the guy sitting in a hoodie. It is like imagine an office where it's a corporate office it's a big, sophisticated operation. And in many ways, cyber crime is the biggest risk for organisations, no matter what the size and shape sector or industry they're in. So just as an example, I think it was like 95% of CEOs cited cyber risks as their top threat to business growth this year, 95%. And, and that was a really big survey done by, done of Australian chief executives, and that is up from, I think it was 86% last year. Now, earlier this month, there was a big banking summit, and at that banking summit, ANZ's big boss, uh, Mark Wheeland, he said that cybersecurity was the biggest threat facing the banking sector, the biggest threat. And, and, you know, the number of threats we sort of see day in and day out are just astonishing. I think, again, ANZ said that they were receiving 8 to 10 million attacks a month. 
you know, earlier this year we saw Nine Entertainment hit with a major cyber breach, which saw their broadcast and print operations go down. We've seen government on the front page of the news. It doesn't matter what sector or industry that you're in. The reality is every sector, every client holds data, holds personal information, has systems. And so cybercrime is relevant for every single organisation and client that we work for. It's big business. It's not the little man with a hoodie in a, or teenager sitting in his room. It's actually highly sophisticated organisations operating like, you know, ordinary businesses. And the chances are if your organisation thinks that you haven't had an, an attack yet, you just don't know about it. <laughs> and that's a problem in itself is that you're not monitoring things properly because every organisation is susceptible to a cyber attack. So I would say it's the biggest risk, you know, threatening organisations. And that's consistent with what our CEOs are saying. 95% say it's the biggest risk. Given the the prevalence and the the size of this risk, Sonia, what role do you see the law firms playing and what kind of advice do we give in this area? How, How does the law respond to those issues given their huge scale? Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a really good question. So the sorts of work that we do at Maddox um, and the sorts of clients that we deal with are a really a range of different clients. So we advise all clients in this area because the reality is no matter what size or industry that you're in as a client, whether it's, you know, technology, development, employment, doesn't matter what kind of client you're or industry or sector you're in, you hold data, you hold personal information, so you're you're susceptible to these sorts of attacks and events. You know, personally, my sweet spot in terms of servicing clients is I really focus on private sector clients, big name brands, ASEC listed entities. So that's, you know, clients like Sony, Green Cross, which is the biggest pet care company in Australia, Dimix, Sydney Airport, Aristocrat. And, and the sorts of work I do with those clients is proactively developing healthy systems and processes to put in place so that those clients are able to have a clear framework to really be resilient and proactively deal with privacy and cyber issues before they arise. And and I think that's absolutely critical is the idea of being proactive and having solid governance and risk frameworks so that you're able to you know, manage these issues as they come up rather than being reactive. But, you know, at Maddox, there's such a broad range of work we do. So my teammates in in the sort of Sydney TMT team, uh, Uma Karana and and Harriet Royal, for example, they do a lot of work with the New South Wales government. They're privacy experts in that space. And and I help out there too, but they're two lawyers who you know, really focusing on New South Wales government work and um, doing privacy impact assessments, helping with data breach response with New South Wales government. In our Canberra office, we have Catherine Armitage and Carolyn Aitken, and, you know, they're leading privacy and cyber lawyers and their teams have worked on some of the biggest, I think, privacy and cyber projects for Commonwealth government. So again, that's things like conducting privacy impact assessments and looking at privacy and cyber risks before something is released. So Catherine's team worked on the COVID Safe app before that was released to look at privacy and cyber concerns um, before that app was actually actually hit the market. The government needed to look at, you know, how was that data collected? How was it being stored? 
And then in our Melbourne office as well, we've got partners like Rob Gregory and Melanie Olnick who are also servicing a range of clients, including Victorian government. So you can see just from those examples in every single office at Maddox, we're servicing clients in all different sectors, in all different industries and space, private sector, government. And I think the great thing as well is that we have a national privacy network. So we meet all three offices to share what we're doing in this space. And um, I might pick up the phone to Catherine Armitage in Canberra and say, hey, how are you tackling this issue with Commonwealth Government, this is what's happening here. And that sort of sharing of resources is really, really valuable. So it's such an exciting space to work in and help our clients. One thing that I'm interested about is the, you speak about governance and structures and and how you give advice on that. And in in a typical sort of general commercial context, that's probably for our listeners quite straightforward. There's a Corporations Act that has, sets out the role of director's duties and what their obligations are. Is there from a and, and there's, so there's sort of two I, I say it, and I could be wrong. There's two sort of arms to privacy, and that is what your obligations are to to people whose data that you you hold, and then yeah. also the the obligations that a company has to prevent those attacks. So, is there from the there's obvious we have privacy legislation in Australia that dictates that, but from a a governance perspective, is there is there laws like a Corporations Act that dictate sort of minimum standard privacy structures, or is the law not quite there yet? No, the, the, so actually, what our law requires, so the Australian Privacy Act, the the Commonwealth Act, which governs private sector organisations over a certain threshold, and the Commonwealth Government itself, it requires privacy by design. Like the actual obligations under the Act require you to take reasonable steps in order to manage privacy effectively. So in a way, the Privacy Act requires you to have in place, you know, clear governance structures around managing privacy and you know the Australian Institute of Company Directors has also made really clear that boards this is a board issue like it's not it privacy and cyber is no longer just the domain of the you know head of IT this is something that requires you know board oversight you need to have really clear risk and governance frameworks in order to manage the risk and I think where you get into trouble is where you're not proactively managing that through risk frameworks. But I certainly think the laws could be more specific, particularly when it comes to private sector organisations. So an example is under our Privacy Act, there's stricter obligations on the government to have to, to undertake privacy impact assessments and to have a privacy management framework. But the law itself doesn't actually technically require private sector organisations to have those things or do those things, even though the regulator expects you to, it's not technically a legislative obligation. And I think that that's a bit problematic. Um, and hopefully we'll see some more change around that. Um, Sonia, one thing I, that um, a question that's been on my mind is that this area of law in particular probably moves quite quickly. Um, and you've just spoken there about um, some changes happening and I can imagine it looked very different uh, to when you started out as a lawyer. Um, how did you end up in this area of law and what kind of changes have you seen over, you know, over the course of that time? Look, 
It's a great question. Um, I've been a lawyer for a really long time, so over 13 years. And honestly, this area of law, sort of data, cyber, um, privacy, it, it wasn't even really on the radar back then. I was a general sort of TMT lawyer at the time. And it all really started around, I think it was 2012, and that's when there were some major changes to the privacy laws and the Australian privacy principles, which are the 13 rules governing how you handle personal information across the life cycle of, of data or personal information were introduced. And then around since that time, I think we saw an increase in legal obligations around regulation of personal information. And also around that time, we just saw the, the amount of information that we collected and data and technology really increased. So the risks sort of exponentially increased. And uh, I really got into this area of law at that time, but I think as a lawyer, you always need to follow your strengths and what you're passionate about. And I really liked the area of privacy and data because it's so relatable. Like we all have personal information. Like as consumers, we all, uh, you know, we all give, we all trust companies uh, with our personal information. And and so it was something that was so relatable to me. And to be honest, I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. So the idea of helping a client through a, a major crisis, like a data breach, the fast pace of that really suited my personality. To be able to lead a client through a really difficult moment was, is something that I really enjoy doing. And it's just something I'm really passionate about. So it's been quite enjoyable to build a really healthy practice around a growing area of law and it's really interesting that we're talking about this today because it's actually Privacy Awareness Week. And the theme for this week is privacy, the foundation of trust. And when you think about it, when you give an organisation your personal information, you're really trusting them to do the right thing about it, uh, with it. And so it's a really interesting area of law. And sometimes I say to clients, you know, when we're thinking about what they're doing, they might be launching a new product or service and it might be a bit innovative in the way they're using data. And sometimes I use the pub test. I say to them, hey, if you're using this information in this way, think about the consumer. Are they going to be creeped out by this? Is it a bit creepy? Or do you think they'll be like, cool with it? Like, let's use that pub test. Let's set aside the law. And how do you think the consumer would feel about this? Is it creepy or is it not? Uh, and we often use the creep test. And it's, it's, so it's a really interesting area of law because it's so relatable. I guess off the back of that, Sonia, um, what would be your advice to our listeners who are passionate about data privacy and technology and, and share, these, uh, share these thoughts with you? Well, I'm really big on following your passion. So if you're interested in data privacy and technology, I think it's so important to immerse yourself in it. Listen to podcasts on new technology, you know, be curious about what's happening, new developments and 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 you know what what's actually happening in the market. The networks and collaboration are really important. So this is an area of law where we do a lot of collaboration. So I work regularly with like cybersecurity experts. And so so I make sure that I'm in touch with what's happening in the market. I, you know, regularly have lunch with Shane Bell at McGraw Nickel, who's like a leading 
leading forensic expert who I do a lot of incident response on. And we just catch up about what's happening in his world, what's happening in my world and trade stories. This weekend, I'm meeting up with a friend who works in social media and ad tech. And I'm going to be asking him lots of questions about what's happening in his world because ad tech is just such a, and social media and how we utilize personal information is so interesting. He's an expert in that space and I can't wait to talk to him about it. So just be curious, like, I think it's about building networks with different people who are not just lawyers, but who work in the sector, whether they're forensic experts, work in marketing, those sorts of things. Be curious, listen to podcasts, read articles. And, you know, if you're interested in this area of law, I would love to hear from you. You can hit me up. You can email me, slide into my DMs on LinkedIn. (laughs) I'm, I'm all about it. I want to talk to you about it. So I guess the next the next question then is I mean you you've probably sold it already with the the pitch to contact you but why what what do we do at Maddox and what why should a our, our prospective clerk that's interested in this area be thinking I, I want to do this this sort of work at Maddox what are we doing as a firm to help our clients Maddox is really at the cutting edge of this area of law you cannot find a firm who services the breadth and depth of data and cybersecurity needs. So as I was saying earlier, we service private sector clients, government at all levels. You know, our healthcare team also does healthcare work and and privacy. And it's so, you'd be very hard pressed to find another law firm that had that sort of depth of experience. And I think what sets Maddox apart from, say, other law firms is that we have a genuine national privacy network where we genuinely collaborate and share resources. But in all of those areas, we've been working on some of the most cutting edge projects, you know, whether it is Catherine Armitage and her team, you know, leading in working on some of those leading government projects, the team here working for New South Wales government, conducting privacy impact assessments on the most interesting government projects out there and some of them I can't speak about because they're confidential but it's so exciting the things that the team's working on you know my work with the private sector is is so interesting whether it's you know leading those big data breach responses conducting privacy impact assessments for those big name brands who are about to launch some fantastic product and I think our approach is different in that we pride ourselves on being super practical and really getting in there, working hand in hand with the clients. So the sort of feedback we get from the clients is, wow, you really took the time to understand the customer journey, to understand what the technology was actually doing, what we were hoping to achieve. And I think that's what we do really well is, you know, working with the client to, if they're about to launch a product, I'm getting in there, I'm getting the product demo, I'm working through each iteration of that software to understand how it actually works and then going, hey, hang on a second, we need to like tweak or change this bit here so that we can be more privacy compliant or how are we collecting this information at this point and to be able to work with the client so collaboratively that at the end the product that they launch is different to what they started with but they've built in privacy designs to you know, better comply with privacy legislation and build that trust with their customers is, you know, is really fantastic. And I've had feedback from clients that have said, you know, other other lawyers at other firms don't take that time to really understand and walk through the journey of what we're trying to do. 
Uh, and I do think that's what sort of sets Maddox apart. And then the other thing for a, a law student that I find interesting is that when you when you you said you, when you started in this sector, it really didn't exist, and it's sort of grown incredibly quickly, which means that in sort of four or five years, it might be completely different again. So, do you think the I guess a two part question is the law right now doing the job that it needs to be doing, or does it need to change to keep? I imagine this sort of area moves pretty quickly because technology seems to change in front of our eyes. So, is it is it moving sort of quick enough? Yeah. And what will, the, what will the, the next sort of big growth areas or trends be in, this, in the industry? Oh, such a great question, Declan. Look, I think to answer that, the answer is no. The law is not keeping pace with the developments in technology, privacy and data. It's just not keeping pace with that. And I think there's some really good, clear examples of where it's not keeping pace. So at the New South Wales level, we still don't have a mandatory data breach scheme where New South Wales governments you know, need to notify where there has been a serious data breach. And, and that's despite New South Wales government having some very serious data breaches, which have been on the front page of the news. So we're still waiting for those laws to come into place. They've sort of been foreshadowed, but they're not in yet. The other thing is we've seen just a massive rise in ransomware attacks, like a huge increase in those. And so in response to that, the government said, well, we're going to introduce new ransomware laws where, uh, you know, organisations have to report if they've had a massive uh, or serious ransomware attack because those attacks are not currently being picked up in our mandatory reporting regime under the Commonwealth Act. Um, But again, that legislation has not come into play yet. We're still waiting for it. The Privacy Act, which is that central piece of legislation governing the personal information, that is currently under review because it's sort of seriously outdated. And many of the changes we're expecting to see are going to try and address changes in technology. So I think in short, it's such an exciting area of law because the pace of change is so exciting. I think, you know, if we look at ad tech, if we look at social media, we look at the cyber crimes, you know, you cannot keep a pace with cyber criminals. They are constantly three steps ahead of where we're at. So if you like fast moving change, you're sort of a bit of an adrenaline curious about technology, I think you are going to absolutely love being a technology lawyer who specialises in data and privacy and I'd love to work with you. I I love working with grads and clubs because often you can tell me about things. You actually know the way the technology works better than I do. Um, So I've had some of, you know, some young lawyers, you know, really teach me how web beacons work, teach me how that how how things work because you're you're more across it and having that practical knowledge is so valuable in terms of other trends i think it's just going to get more and more complicated because we're going to continue to collect more and more data technology is going to continue to evolve i think we can expect to see our privacy and data laws try and uplift towards a higher standard so In the EU, we have the GDPR, which is their data protection standard. So the GDPR applies in the EU and the UK. I think some of the changes to our privacy laws are going to try and uplift towards those laws. But in short, Declan, it is just such an exciting area. It's never a dull day. I don't know whether I'm going to walk into a data breach or a client telling me they're going to launch a new facial recognition technology it's 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 such an exciting area um, no 
one day is the same and it's only going to get more complicated and, and more fun. <laughs> That's very excellent. Compel- very compelling sales pitch. Absolutely. <laughs> That's probably all we have time for uh, this morning, Sonia, and what a great great point to end on I think so thank you so much for joining us thank you for uh, giving that insight that's been uh, valuable for for us and and I'm no doubt valuable for our listeners as well so thank you thanks for having me Amelia and Declan it's been an absolute pleasure well, thank you Sonia and thanks to all our, our listeners if you if you like the podcast or had any questions please send us a message via LinkedIn or Amelia Sonia or I directly we're happy to to, to have a message from you about our, our podcast today and if you did like it uh, please like rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and we'll see you next time thanks very much Amelia and we'll, we'll be back thanks Declan bye everyone thanks for tuning in to Maddox on the mic don't miss an episode of the show head to maddox.com.au forward slash podcast to subscribe If you'd like more information on any of the topics discussed in today's episode, visit the Maddox website, maddox.com.au.